0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Tall, Dark, and Random, the only podcast on the airwaves that can give you that little tender buzz of Two Tall Boys in a Zoloft. My name is Nicholas Grooms. I am your host as usual. And we will later be joined by the co-host of this show and uh, the man of the hour here, uh, the funniest guy on last week's program, Uh, my co-host, Addison Morgan, will be calling in from Colorado Springs. And oh my God, I am still laughing uh, at the great lengths that my friend went to get out of school. And a lot of you are, too. Uh, I, I really attribute the success of this week's, or this last week's show to Addison and to Misha Hernandez. So thank both of them for making this uh, such a great program. As you can hear, the sky is falling. The sky is falling all around me here in the background. Uh, it's a big, big thunderstorm rolling through Arkansas right now. And, uh, of course, I thought this would be a great time to sit down and record, because this is my favorite weather condition. It makes me miss Garden City, it makes me miss uh, Kansas, and uh, all the summers growing up there in the basement worried that a tornado was gonna knock our house down. And now I know that a lot of you think that probably sounds odd if you're not from Kansas, but uh, some of you live in states where there are earthquakes and hurricanes, and I just don't get that either. So I can't look too ridiculous in comparison. But as I said, uh, skies falling around me. I just still had to sit down right now. I was feeling so good today that uh, I wanted to do the intro to this episode while I was uh, in such a good mood. And uh, just little things have really set the tone for this entire day that I kind of thought was going to be a waste when I woke up. But uh, I first want to thank you guys. I, I, I just looked at the numbers, hadn't really, like, paid attention to them. I usually look at the numbers for the show a little bit before we're going to make the next show and kind of see where we went wrong or, or, you know, to correct what what we thought wasn't very good and uh, do more of what you guys like. And uh, this episode uh, knocked it out of the park. I think we had more listens this episode. We had twice as many Listens as the first episode when it first came out in the first week, and it's almost now tied. Now, this episode was the most listened to one we've had yet. And uh, I want to thank you guys, not just a thank you like I thank you every single week, even though I mean those uh, from the bottom of my heart right now. I-, I have to just say this out loud I have not felt this good about a project that I was doing in years, and that includes my book, and that includes uh, doing things with the Chiefs, that includes anything I've done in the last five or six years. Um, I have not felt this good since I started uh, doing hip-hop, since I started rapping. You know, the best feeling I ever had was standing on stage in front of 10 people at a little uh, dank bar called the Blue Lounge in Wichita that's now closed, and just performing for, you know, performing cleanup for whoever was playing that night, and uh, it it just takes takes me back to that time. I felt so good about my life at that point. I felt like I really turned a corner around that time and learning to get better and and just perform and get out on the road and and, and play shows in unknown towns. You know, some nights you you go out and play, there's three people, but you work as hard as you can to pop those three people. And uh, that's that's genuinely how I feel right now. You know, I, I, I don't feel like our podcast has maybe the traffic of a lot of other podcasts, but I feel good about what we're doing. I feel good about the message and uh everything we're conveying in the show and i I really 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 believe in it and uh thank you guys from the bottom of my heart Woo! that's a big one right there uh thank you guys from the bottom of my heart uh i have not felt this good about anything in a long time and uh, going forward you know we're in the fifth episode already i didn't think we'd get this far I, i always thought you know i'd do a podcast and i'd get burned out real quick and be out of things to say but uh, every week we come on here, I find something new to talk about and something new I want to get some insight on. And we're going to get plenty of insight on today's show. I got a good buddy of mine. I uh, went on tour with this guy a couple of years ago. He uh, just put out a brand new video for a song called Good Morning, which they legitimately shut down a small town to record. And uh, there's so many cool people in this video uh, from all walks of life, young and old, uh, kids just kids and police officers and just people from all walks of life and uh it really impresses me how this guy has uh really turned a corner in his life as well you know uh he was kind of just in in this place when I met him where he was a musician and uh you know had that had a little bit of a little bit of cockiness to him at the time and a little bit of like this is what I'm going to do, and, and now his life has kind of shifted in a way where he's doing this, and he's getting married, and he's doing a lot of stuff, but my boy Brandon Austin's going to be here today. We're going to talk to him uh, about touring, and uh, probably wrestling, and just a bunch of other things that we like to talk about, but also his struggles, and, and, and things that he's dealt with along the way, and some of his missteps, and uh, how it's uh, shaped him into the person he is today, but he's going to be here in just a little bit. I want to start this show outright and uh, give you my thoughts, as usual, for better or for worse, every single week, I'm gonna give you the thoughts that I'm thinking in my brain. And uh, I just have to say this, there is peace in the neighborhood this week. Um, For the first time in a long time, I don't feel like a stranger in my neighborhood. Um, I've had this uh, ongoing battle with this neighbor of mine. Uh, He's a guy who rides around in like like a rascal mobility, like wheelchair kind of thing and he has a dog that craps on my lawn a lot. And the dog was uh, doing things all the way back to like last summer and last fall, where he would run up into the yard and not just run up into the yard, he'd come up to the windows where he could hear my dogs barking at him and then just take a big piss on the wall right by the windows. So, you know, you sit out on the porch swing or you wanna go outside and enjoy the rain like it's doing right now, It just smelled like urine. So I wanted to have a talk with this guy at one point. And I heard him going by. I heard my dogs freak out. I look out the window and I see him. And as I'm looking out the window, this dog is just squatting and dropping, you know, like just dropping this giant loaf on my lawn. And I just wait to see what he's going to do. He looks around. He looks both ways. And then he just goes down the street. He kind of just puts his foot on the little gas and goes as fast as he can down the street. So... I just get irrationally angry, kinda like I did last week on the rant. I just get irrationally mad, and I come inside here in the kitchen, and I grab a Walmart sack, and I go out and I pick up the, pick up this pile of shit, tie it up in the bag, and I like walk this over to this guy. I walk over there. And keep in mind, this is last summer. Walk out, I walk this bag of crap over, and I have it like dangling off one finger, and I start, like I'm gonna pass it to him. And I was like, hey, you dropped this. You left this back in my yard, and he just looks at me puzzled, and he goes, "Huh?" And I was like, "Your dog took a crap in my yard and left it, and left it there," and he's not gonna take it. He just doesn't. He doesn't make a reach for it or anything. So I just lay it on the. There's like these little foot things that he puts his feet on on that thing. So I just lay it there on the little foot panel of uh, his mobility wheelchair, and he just kind of angrily says, "What the hell am I supposed to do with that?" And at this point, I didn't expect him to say anything back. I thought he would just let me walk away angry and win. So I turn around and without any thinking or, you know, any, any thought to what I'm saying, I just scream back at him. I don't give a shit. Eat I don't give a shit what you do with it. Eat it for breakfast. And I just walk away. And that's been our relationship for the last few months is he'll go by with his dog and try to scream his dog out of my yard as I'm outside with my dogs barking at the top of their lungs. And we've kind of had this indifference and, you know, I've kind of gotten to this place where, you know, I'm sick of being a crab apple about everything all the time. So I thought, you know, maybe I'll wave at the guy one day. I wave at him and he waves back at me and we kind of started there. And then uh, as I've been working out, uh, kind of just going by what Addison said doing the small goals thing my small goal was to get out and walk every day so I've been getting out and trying to work my way up to jogging and uh, I pass this guy's house every day so one day he's out there with his dog and his dog kind of runs up the driveway to bark at me and I stop and pet him so the guy comes out and we're just kind of we chit chat for a minute and you know I I kind of talk to him about the the issue you know hey I'm sorry about getting upset with you that day and uh, we've kind of moved on we've kind of turned a corner there but uh, I would say the biggest breakthrough in the neighborhood was today. You know, I have a next door neighbor who occasionally will wave at me, and uh, he really went out of his way this morning. And, and I, I want to just get it down today while I'm feeling so good about it. But uh, my father was the type of guy who was very handy. He uh, he fixed a lot of things, and he really, really knew what he was doing. I mean, my dad could take like just a bunch of crap and build something out of it, or you know, he could reinforce something with wood that he got from something else like he was really really handy he would just he could fix anything you could throw at him and if he couldn't he would learn how to do it he'd figure it out on his own and he would just sit there and get it done he would he would figure out a way and i don't feel like i got that gene like i'm usually the call a person that you know (laughs) i'm like oh the toilet's backed up call somebody you know oh the ac's off call somebody but uh I've really just tried to go out of my way lately to learn to do some things and uh i'm I'm doing all my you know I've always done my own yard work and and all that, but I've had to really clean up this property since i've I've been here you know the the person who lived here before me was kind of a a tanker and and a hoarder and left some things all over the lawn and and you know didn't take care of the leaves as they should have been taken care of and you know some little things like that but uh in, in this week i I've already like had to or i guess the last couple of months i've had to do a lot of different stuff from chopping wood and stacking wood to cleaning up my lawn and making it look better to making some grass come back and uh you know it's just one of those things i don't ever feel like i'm doing a good job at anything and uh most recently i've i've had to work on this thing in the backyard i've had this big like drop off here where a river liter- a literal like little creek will flow through the backyard when uh when there's a storm So I've uh, had to go through and use some excess uh, cement like blocks and rock and different things that I can find around to make a little like kind of area where it could flow over without running through my yard making a giant mud pit. And so I've been doing this and kind of working on some little projects here kind of thumping some uh, there, there used to be a deck in my backyard and there's some like places where some posts were and I've had to pound out concrete out of the backyard and some different things and this guy just comes over this morning as I I have my dogs on the front yard out the front yard as usual and my beagle starts erupting so I go around to see what it is and this guy's just walking over he comes over and he uh just tells me I'm doing a great job on the lawn and 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 you know keeping it up and that the property looks great and that like uh it's so much better than than everyone that's lived here recently and that he's happy to have a neighbor that is uh, is working hard on it. And it made me feel really good, you know, it's like one of those things like a uh, I know I'm not handy at all, so to be recognized for being any sort of handy was like a uh, a big compliment and, and and just a very like a very big deal to me. So, I I Trying to get out there and be a little kinder to my neighbors. I've never been the neighbor person. I don't like being the guy that everyone asks to water their lawn while they're gone. I don't want to feed anyone's cat or any of that by you know any stretch of the imagination. But to just have a neighbor come over and be like, "Hey, you're doing a great job. If you ever need to borrow tools, just come over, knock on the door. You know, you can borrow anything from my shed." And uh, yeah, you know, I, I just feel really great about that today. And you know, I want to share great things with you guys on the show. I figured last week. Uh, I shared an angry anxiety rant and today I'm having a a pretty serene day. I'm sitting here sipping my CBD tea and listening to the rain and just uh, enjoying life right now. And it's all thanks to you guys for listening to this show and and enjoying the premise of it. I know you guys like the funny stuff, but you're getting a lot out of the heart, the heart part of it too. And that that means a lot to me. Uh, But you know, I'm never going to lose the laughter in this show. We're always going to We're always going to uh, laugh at people and, and, you know, just these situations I get myself into, and we're going to have a good time. And uh, when Addison Morgan gets on here, we're going to talk about more Neighbors, but some not-so-good Neighbors that I've had, and uh, we'll be doing that a little bit later. And of course, like I said, Brandon Austin will be here. We're going to play a song from him very shortly. I think I'm going to play the song here in the middle of the show instead of uh, playing it after Brandon's on. I want you guys to know what this guy's about. Uh, this is an amazing song. This is probably my favorite song he's ever written, uh, recorded, anything. And uh, I want you guys to hear it. I'm gonna play that right now, actually. And uh, if you're listening to us right now, it's very fitting. And it's a, you're just getting out of bed, and it's Monday morning, and you have to drag your ass to work. Have a good one, you know. And that's what this song's called. It's called Good Morning. We're gonna play it right now on this program because I want to drink some tea and enjoy the rain a little bit. Thank you guys for tuning in. You're listening to Tall, Dark, and Random. We'll be back with Brandon Austin and Addison Morgan.
1: So I say good morning, it's a new day, so glad the sunshine Hear them birds sing, I say good morning, it's a new day, so up the sunshine Hear them birds sing only putting out those good
2: vibes Good thoughts, sit back with the birthday Walking down the street in my party cap <laughs> Cause every breath is a birthday Got a man out standing on the corner He got a sign up saying that he's hungry And my pockets got me pulling out a Jackson I bought him chicken nuggets and a McFlurry And then I ran into a protest More signs, mother marching in the streets now If you want change, you gotta be the change So keep doing your thing now And sometimes traffic gets backed up Stay calm, cause soon you'll be cruising And sometimes life gets pretty crazy Crazy, but I gotta keep moving.
1: Ain't got no problems, I'm making moves. Check out the weather on the morning news. I throw my shades on and it's hello world. All is well, all is well inside my soul. I say good morning. It's a new day. Soak up the sunshine, hear them birds sing. I say good morning. It's a new day, so up the sunshine, hear them birds
2: say Found time man. to break away to a restaurant 12 o'clock, meet my girl for a quick bite There's a cop got a man pulled over He forgot his turn signal at the stoplight But he gave him just a warning They shook hands and they drove away I like the dream of a world where we all get along Ain't nobody gotta die today And we can all keep cruising I got your back if you got mine Get out of bed, out the door, will enjoy life Cause you can never get more time I saw a man hand the bibles out Now that's the love that I like best. I say a prayer to get the worries out. And I gotta do the rest. Hashtag blessed. Ain't got
1: no problems. I'm making moves. Check out the weather on the morning news. Throw my shades on in it's shallow world All is well, all is well inside my soul I said good morning, it's a new day Soak up the sunshine, hear them birds sing I said good morning, it's a new day Soak up the sunshine, hear them birds say Good morning
0: Welcome back to the program. That was Good Morning by my boy, Brandon Austin, who is now joining us on the program. Brandon, welcome to Tall, Dark, and Random.
3: Hey, what's up, man? How you doing?
0: I've been doing great, man. It's uh, been a long time since I've seen you. Uh, I think the last time I saw you was when uh, you were leaving me from tour, and that was uh, how, how long ago?
4: That was when I dropped you off was the beginning of March in 2015, dude. So it's been like four years. F- man dude yeah that was that was that was a tour that got cut short but it was still one of the coolest times ever
0: it was and i think we learned the lesson you don't tour in the winter
4: no no never again man it was so cold
0: you know i thought i I really thought i was like we went north which was dumb but i'd done it before and uh you know i'd done it with parallels and it was super fun so i thought you know this will go well And some of the shows did, and and some of them did not. I I think I remember one night we played to uh, three members of your family and a bartender.
4: (laughs) Yeah, dude, that was the uh, uh, Blackthorn Pizza in Joplin, Missouri. I'm like, man, I know some people in Joplin will swing through, we show up, they closed they're like, oh, we'll just stay open if you guys want to do a show. We're like, well, why didn't you tell us that? Like, we would have played earlier. <laughs> We're
0: like, oh, no, we'll, we'll do it at 10 o'clock, but we close at 7, so no one's going to be here. <laughs> See, I didn't even know that. Uh, I was taking... Right, thinking... yeah, they didn't tell us that. They're
4: like, oh, yeah, we closed like an hour ago. We're like, all right, so I guess we'll set up for nobody to be here. <laughs> like, nobody's going to come to a pizza restaurant when they're closed, like, and you're not going to be serving pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so so my, my aunt and my two cousins showed up, and we play for the three of them and the
0: bartender,
4: <laughs> like, all right, man, that's cool. But they had some ridiculously good drinks, so I'm all about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I remember they, they were like, oh, bands and artists get dollar dollar draws, and it was like, yeah. uh, uh, it was like not just just crap beer. It was like uh, that locally brewed mothers, which if you guys have never been like out to like Missouri or Arkansas area, man, there's this great, great, great company called mothers that makes alcohol and I think that I got the most like drunk on the tour that night not just because there was three people but only because there was three people (laughs) so it's like the only people here to see this are Brandon and John and this bartender so
4: (laughs) Oh, man. And, dude, and that was the tour, yeah, because we started, we went up north to, like, northern Iowa, like,
0: right across the river was Wisconsin in the middle of February. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that was intelligent booking <laughs> so, dude, on my part. <laughs> my, my booking wow, kind man. of goes by, you know, I, whatever I can get at the time is kind of what we're right. going to do. And, like, yeah. uh, <clears throat> I think after the first time when I was doing Brooms and Katie still, uh, like, we came to Springfield, and then that became a stop because I love Springfield. It was, like, so much fun, and you guys were so cool, and, like... Dude,
4: and, and dude, that's, like, that was, like, man, that was the, the coolest, just, coincidence. Like, we were we were doing this show, you guys were on tour, and you, you wanted to fill a date, so I, you know, I, think, I remember you saying that you just, like, looked up, like, Central Illinois shows, you know, happening, like, on Facebook or whatever, because you were just trying to find something, and John, it was actually John that was putting the show on. Um, and just had me on for it and like you contacted him and, and he's like hey this is a other group like the other group coming the grooms and katie and my dumbass when you got there i walked up to you I'm like are you one of the grooms and you're just <laughs> like what <laughs> I'm like, dude I like, am the groom I'm like, I'm like grooms, like, you know, bride and grooms, like if there's two of you, like like, no, dude, that's my last name, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna go over here and piss
0: off. (laughs) (laughs) But see, like, that show, I think, I think it was like, John wasn't throwing a show, it was more of, I found John's band, and like his actual like rock band. So I was like, you know what? I'll just hit up some bands. I am not finding any rappers like no offense to your local scene, but like some of the rappers that I was finding online to play with, I was like, I don't want to be in a room with this dude. Or you know, no, there's,
4: there's a solid there's like there's like four or five that I, I I believe are really talented. The other like 479
0: of them in Springfield, uh, yeah, are pretty terrible. They either begin or end with young and money, right? Like... Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And, and I I just was like, no, I no, I'm just gonna hit up some bands and see what they say because you know usually right. like uh, when you can't find like someone that you want to play with by yourself, the best person to ask are, like, actual musicians who play instruments because yeah. those guys are like, well, this this rapper, this hip-hop artist is really talented. And then, you know, I hit up John, and John was like, I know some people. And then we ended up having a really good time. Like, it was really, like, it was, like, quickly thrown together, and I think there was, like, 20 people there that night, but it was super fun, and I, I wanted to come back right after. And then when we came back, there was, like, four times the crowd the next time. So, Springfield yeah, dude, just became a did, stop. We ended up in the same venue. That venue uh, was awesome. Second time around. Yeah, dude, that was a cool venue, man. Uh, Donnie's
4: Home Spot. They don't, they don't do shows there anymore, unfortunately. But, dude, that was such a cool venue.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm really glad we got to play there then, if they're not doing anything anymore. Yeah, uh, no, they're, they're not doing anything there anymore.
4: Um, It's just empty, which sucks. But, yeah, dude, that was such a cool place.
0: Another one of the big Springfield changes over four years. But speaking of changes, man, like, uh, you've been doing... This music thing for a long time and and I already like said in the intro here when I first met you, like I liked you, I thought you were a good dude, but I was like, Man, the first time I met Brandon, he was super cocky. <laughs> oh, for sure. And then for sure. like you've really humbled out, and like uh, one thing I, I will say is like I've toured with a lot of people and you know I don't get along with a lot of them afterwards, you know, it's like my my way of going out and getting over is to work hard and play your ass off for anyone who's there and sell merch on the street, pass out flyers, you know. Just do the, do the work. Get in there and get your hands dirty. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I think I've toured with more people who were more about their hairdo or a gimmicky song or, you know, they, this false entitlement that, you know, they're going to show up and a bunch of people are going to be there to see them when no one fucking knows them in that area. And right. uh, I, uh, one thing I'll say about you Is you never stop learning And you never like uh, Whenever I told you something Or I, I gave you an opinion You always listened to it And you like took it And applied it to what you were doing and, and I respect that deeply And like I you really grew on me Like I liked you from the jump But then I was like Man this dude has like Moved on to being my friend After a while You know it's like uh, I, I just saw a lot of growth within you
4: Yeah man And, and that was dude like even till to, like even up to today, like every time like I've got an idea about something, like you'll get a text from me, like, "Hey man, what do you think about this?" It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just always trying to get your opinion, man. Cause, dude, the, yeah, those those small moments like back in the day, like yeah, when we were like on the road, or just even after when like when we were just texting back and forth, like just give me some advice on stuff. Like I needed that because I really did. I came into it like I just decided it was twenty thirteen, so I was still pretty young into like doing music. Uh, by the time we went on tour, but like. I, I came into it and just right off the bat, I felt pretty much ass backwards into show, like into a show where there was like three thousand people, and like nobody knew who I was. But I got I got such an ego from it because like two months later, I got booked for another show at like the Illinois State Fair that had like fifteen hundred to two thousand people, and I'm like, all right, this is what it's gonna be like. And then when people start asking me to do like these smaller shows, I'm like. Pfft, I know what I'm worth. (laughs) And 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 it was pretty quick that I realized, like, okay, so these people like at these huge shows that I went to, like, yeah, I sold out like both nights of all my merchandise. But a year later, like none of them like are buying my stuff. Like none of them are, uh, you know, reacting or, you know, following posts on social media. like, Okay, it's like, okay, I'm gonna have to go and grow a legitimate base, so I'm gonna have to go and do smaller shows, and I'm gonna have to do <laughs> shows, like, you know, like, and those are the shows that I wanted to be at, because it turns out, like, those are the people that, like, are truly supportive, like, when you when you're doing a show... With 2,000 people there, uh, like, half the people that are going to be there are there just because it's an event in and of itself. They're going with a friend. They're going with a group of people. But when you're in a room doing
0: a show for 10 people, those 10 people are genuinely there to listen to you. Exactly. You Uh know, and and that's the thing. It's like uh, um, I've always got this saying, you know, people are like, you know, oh, I I have so many fans on Facebook or I have this many fans. And I'm just like, I don't make fans, man. I make friends and that's more lasting than anything because your friend's going to bring three other friends to a show and then you make friends with them and then you always have somewhere to stay somewhere to eat someone to hang with and and tell stories and just have a good time and like i think that's the difference in 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 hip-hop and being in a band you know i was in a band for so many years and we kind of went by that logic too. Let's make friends with people. Let's network. And, and when I got into hip hop, I was like, man, there are so many egos in this, and there's so many people who have no reason to have an ego, <laughs> you know. And, and, and it's like, I know I'm not shit most nights, you know. It's like I, I've done some things, and then I think people think that that means, you know, oh, every night is is successful for this guy, you know. He, he did songs with the Chiefs, and yeah, I played at Arrowhead Stadium, but guess what? Everyone was at Arrowhead Stadium to see, not me, play. They were there to see the Chiefs play. <laughs> so. Exactly.
4: And, and, that's, and, yeah, and that's the same thing, like, both of the events that I got booked for. Like like I said, it was just, uh, to me, now, like, looking back on it, like, I, I wish I hadn't done those because it gave me such, like, a, a false confidence and, like, a false narrative of what, like, grinding as a musician was going to be like. Uh, like I said, you know, coming into, like, a 22-year-old, and I'm like, I'm gonna write these songs, I'm gonna put them out, and you know, the goal is to be in front of huge crowds. And when that happened, like just right off the bat, like I thought, like, oh man, this is a huge concert. I'm on my way. None of them were there to see me. I was the small opening act that they needed to fill six minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Do two <laughs> songs. I'm like, all right, and then I came out of it like, and I was a young kid. I'm like, oh man, this is it. And then I happened to get one more just like that. I'm like, here I am. Like I came on the scene. Like there I am. I'm like, and then when that stopped happening, and none of the like. None of those people, like, yeah, they bought a t-shirt because their parents gave them a bunch of money when they dropped them off for the event, and, like, they wanted to go home with a wristband that said somebody's name on it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, but none of those people gave a crap about my music. They're never going to go look it up. Like, they, they weren't there for me. They were there for the headliner, and I was just the opening act. of selling wristbands for a dollar outside the door. <laughs>
0: like, right, right.
4: So, like it, came, like, it just gave me this false, like, hope or false narrative of what, like, being an artist was going to be. It, and... In all reality, like, I needed that tour because, like, yeah, dude, those, those shows were, um, I remember Kirby's Beer Store,
0: <laughs> and, dude, dude, yeah, that was, the, that was a the show, there was, like, there was, like, 11 people there, but it was so cool, and then, like, The Booby Trap, you know what? Well, like, I've, done, I've done a ton of shows. Like those
4: are the ones I remember because those were just like those were the coolest shows. ever. I've got to
0: jump in on that one. I'm, I still hate the avid Brothers to this day because they were playing across town the night we were in town. So like, oh yeah, everybody who was gonna come see me was seeing the avid Brothers, <laughs> like, which you know it humbles you real quick. It's like it's it's easy to get like a little bit of an ego sometimes when you're doing some stuff. But then you know it, it's good to have those moments where it slaps you down a peg. But, you know, you can turn 11 people into money, you know. Exactly. If yeah, you make exactly. friends and you have people who support and you do your best, you know, you can turn that into gas money. And uh, I, I saw you grow a lot on that tour. And, and I think it really, like, gave you kind of an you know, a look into what it's like all the time you know it's like when you do long tours it's like some nights you're like yeah man it's great we made a lot of money last night and then the next night you're like not so much <laughs> right, right. now we're almost broke again
4: Right, well, yeah, because the first night, like, we came out, or the first couple nights when we were in Springfield, and then we went up to Iowa. first couple nights were really good, and then, like I like, said, so, like, we had, like, Joplin, and those other ones, like, all right, and now I'm going into my savings account to pay for a hotel. Yep.
0: Oh, <laughs> we're screwed, we're screwed, and, you know, like, i I've spent a lot of nights, like, sleeping in, in people's, in strangers' homes, you know, on couches, that, and dude? I laid awake all night because all I could smell was the cat box, and you know I, I've, I'm i trying to think of some of this sh- kill me. <laughs> yeah I, I've slept on this floor one time where it's like I I put my sleeping bag on it and like I could still smell like mildew through it on the floor oh, and it was geez. like yeah, I would have been better off just uh, sleeping out in the cold <laughs> no. uh, God we uh, there was one night uh, on, on like one of the tours that we did it was uh, the, par- the only parallels tour we ever did but uh, me and my buddy Levi had to sleep in this basement and there was no heat in this basement and i don't even know whose house it was it was just somewhere our uh our management like person the person who was doing our merch and everything and kind of handling the drives uh took us to this person's house that he knew and we slept in this basement and it was like cold and we had nothing to eat so we get into this deep freeze and uh, i i remember pulling out this completely like frozen solid block of like uh, butterball like lunch meat. <laughs> this burnt, yes. like brick of a loaf of bread, and we just sat it out and let it sit out for an hour, and ate half frozen like sandwiches down there in the basement out of somebody's deep freeze. Oh God! So I mean, oh. like I, I, it could have been a lot worse. At least we were dipping in, uh, you know. At least I'm to the point now where we could get hotels <laughs> and get enough of like a guarantee. Right. To, like, move on and, and, like, sleep a little bit sounder than just on the, you know, some nasty mildewy floor.
4: Right, right, yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes, man. It's all about the experience, it's all about, you know, just being out there and
0: doing it. <laughs> but since the since the tour's been over and stuff, I've kind of been following what you were doing, and, uh, man, this, this Good Morning video I think is, like, a huge deal, and and uh, I, I'm just impressed as hell with it. Like, you literally shut down a small town to, like, do this thing.
4: Man, like, every time, like, like, every once in a while, like, somebody will share it on Facebook. I mean, I I say every once in a while, but, like, you know, about once a week, somebody will share it on Facebook, and it comes across my timeline again, and I'm always, like, every time, I take take a minute or a few minutes, I just watch it again, because I'm like, man, just the fact that, like, yeah we we were able to block off that street and like this like that's where I grew up like that small town outside of Springfield called Athens, they just let us come in and shut down the main street and just do this huge video and um like not even on my part, but it was so awesome just because like all the people that like volunteered like there was a lady named Laura who pretty much took two months out of her time like to get a hold of extras to get a hold of dancers to get a hold of props like all these people with these really cool cars and to set everything up to where all i had to focus on was like me and everything that like everything else that happened like in the video i take no credit for like this lady did everything like she she hired all the extras she brought in like she got Krispy Cream to donate like dozens and dozens of donuts for everybody like like it was it was the coolest thing like she sat there like all day with waivers to where like even just random people from the town they came up they were just so excited about what was going on like we've never seen this here we want to be in the video too and she was walking around all day like alright sign this waiver hop on in there <laughs> like, <laughs> and like dude she was just a rock star for like two months and like just getting all this set up because unfortunately we had to, we got rained out like three times so we had to keep rescheduling so i was not expecting that many people to be up there because like man we rescheduled three times there's no way we're going to get all these people to be like all right we're still going to come yeah right you know, like we, we're going to lose all of them and none they all still came and like these uh these kids from st louis which uh about an hour and a half from springfield they choreographed like one of the kids was like a dance choreographer or a choreographer and he's only like 15 and like he choreographed this dance and they came up and they were you know doing all the background dances and when they showed up the girl who is in the in the group her mom was with her and her mom was my first grade teacher i'm like whoa so like we got to hang out and just catch up and talk and like that was the coolest thing ever because i haven't seen her in 20 years <laughs> And her daughter was one of the backup dancers in my music video. And, like, it was just, man, it was just the
0: coolest thing ever. That's insane, man. It's like, you know, that's really proof that it's not, like, the quantity of your fans, it's the quality. And, I mean, for someone to, like, believe in your music that strongly to, like, you know, keep pushing through, especially when when it's gotten rained out that many times, like, that's insane. I, I saw this video and I was just, like, happy immediately. And uh, like it, it was a genuine reaction. I think I texted you halfway and was like, "This is what you need to do." Like
4: this, I, I you know, and I think about every time I'm writing or anytime I'm like thinking about what I want to do. Like, never have I ever had a reaction from Grooms the way I did right here. So I need to keep doing it because, like, your encouragement and your advice, like, uh, pretty much above. Like, 99% of people, I'm like, I'm going to listen to what Grooms has to say just because, like, we click so well, and I respect the hell out of him, and I really like his stuff. So I'm like, man, if he approves of what I'm doing, then I must be doing something
0: right. Dude, it's, it, like... it's just so, like, 100% you, you know? It's like, that was one thing I got. Like, just stories we shared on tour, like, we were talking about life and just things we've done for people behind the scenes. And it's like, you know, the thing I took away from you is, like, man, I need to be a little more, like interactive you know and like i see you with like your people and you always have the same people show up to your shows like everyone comes and it's yeah. like you know i i really find myself in a rut sometimes on at, on tour i think i even told you when we were on tour when i'm on tour and i'm bored i drink and I, sure. I sit around all day long and wait to play and then i just come off and you know if people approach me and come up to me and talk to me cool i'll I'll interact with them and you know a lot of that has to do with social anxiety and and i don't want to like just go interact with somebody i don't know and i've kind of like gotten worse about that over the year but after like we toured and i saw you talking to people it was like man i really need to get back on that part of it and like you know approach people who aren't just my friends that are there you know i need to just go up to everybody and say hello and pass out a cd and, I mean, when I saw this video, it was so Brandon Austin that I was like, this is it. This is what he. This is what really hit for me, you know. Because I dig your other tracks, but this one just was like, oh my god. This is this guy in, in song form.
4: Hell yeah, man. Dude, that, that meant so much, dude. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this one. And, and just, I mean... me just trying to like really find myself like i I, i've gone back and forth so many times like i've even had people ask me like why are you putting out like super happy songs and then like a month later you're like hey here's this really sad i want to like die song (laughs) like (laughs) like, and then like and people just don't really understand like well that's not what like it is like when it's when something's like dark or when something's talking like about something really serious or you know you know, just a topic that people don't really talk about that much. Like that doesn't mean that <laughs> it's like, oh, I want to die. Like you're, just, you're dealing with some shit, and you want to talk about it sometimes. <laughs> and uh, you know, for me, I've always just had a hard time opening up about stuff. I'm like, man, nobody's gonna judge me. Like my notebook can't judge me. Like this microphone when I'm recording can't judge me. So, like putting it all out on there is kind of my way of getting it out there because I don't have to worry about anybody like saying anything back when I. When I'm, when I'm getting it out into a microphone or when I'm writing it down, I don't have to worry about somebody responding in a negative way. And then by the time that anybody hears it, I've already said it, it's already out there, so I don't have to worry about it. And then I'll go back, like, the next time and be like, all right, everything's great, let's have a good day, guys. People <laughs> <So I'm> like, <laughs> like, like, can you change, like, can you just choose, like, one mood and have it? I'm like, but, like i can't just have
0: one yeah, I'm, like, I'm, every day is different. Yeah, i'm <laughs> sorry i'm sorry i'm a person you know right. <laughs> and, and things so, vary day to day
4: so it is one of those like just weird dynamics where like i can't i can't really choose like what kind of music i want to put out because like yeah uh, i put out good morning and then my next song was called masquerade that i put out here recently and i like, just completely different dynamic completely different feel completely different vibe completely different sound and um you know, just talking about stuff like anxiety and depression and just, you know, trust issues. And, man, it's just, it's different. Like, you know, when I put out a project, you know, when I put out an album, yeah, it's all going to be like the same type of music. I'm not going to have, like, I'm not going to make you go back and forth between happy and depressed every song. Well,
0: <laughs> oh, that, um, if you guys like that stuff, buy my albums, so. <laughs>
4: right, dude. dude I, you know, believe it or not, like, uh, I've been listening to 31 over, like, recently, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've listened I listened to that a couple times recently, and, uh, dude, I just, mean, still probably your favorite song, like my
0: favorite song of yours, uh, I listen to Lovely Bones constantly, dude. <laughs> Lovely Bones is probably one of my favorite tracks, too, and I get a lot of requests dude, for that. I love Lovely Bones but uh 31 31 was like my passion project where i was like i don't care you know it was one of those things where i had the the, i what i thought was the worst year of my life at the time you know now there needs to be an album called 33 or 34 now (laughs) the last couple made 31 look like a you know a cakewalk but uh It's just, uh, you know, my anxiety was really high. I was finally getting to a point where uh, I was tired of, like, dealing with it all the time. So I wrote an album about it, and it's so back and forth because that's, you know, my bipolar moods and and the shift in it. And and that's kind of what people heard when they got that album. And then I, I think a lot of people also think that, you know... I'm a little sacrilegious in it, and it's just not, it's not so much sacrilegious as I'm just telling about times where, you know, people told me, you know what, if you're feeling like this, you need to go to church, and that's not what I needed. I needed to go see someone and get therapy, you yeah, know? No, and, that's,
4: and that's what it is, like, <laughs> when you, and that's and, and like, I mean, you and I have known each other for, you know, like, five years now, like, you know, like, I, like, as a Christian, I will be the first one to say, Christians are out of their freaking
3: minds exactly
4: (laughs) (laughs) like it's because people just people just miss it man like yeah, like what, like you just said, like when the answer is like when when people are like dealing with stuff, like hey, come to church. No, go see a therapist. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're not gonna walk into church and be like, you know what, I'm not depressed anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: everything is good. <laughs> <happened>.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, I Um, mean, it is people just miss it, and that's that's kind of why I just like to go off like, man, it's all about just you know, just love people. Like, don't nobody, nobody's gonna like nobody wants to buy your religion, like quit trying to sell them on it.
0: (laughs) Exactly. uh, But it's like, (laughs) what I admire though, is like, you're just, like you said, you like, you feel happy some days you, you don't feel happy others and you kind of write songs about it day to day. And I think I appreciate that more than somebody trying to put a project together that sounds, you know, identical. And I think that's where, you know, I hear good morning and I think, wow, you know, this is so Brandon because that's the Brandon I see when I like visit and hang out with you. But, like, a, I know you were telling me that you, like, you've had a lot of struggle with uh, anxiety and depression, you know, even growing up.
4: Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, I didn't really realize it until I was out of high school. You um, and I grew up, uh, I just had a, I had a horrible relationship with my dad. And, uh, you know, what was described back in the day was, you know, Me and my dad getting into like physical fights all the time. Um, and you know, I just believe, like, oh, we fought, we fought. Um, you know, even he, you know, my mom would be like, you guys fought, you guys are fighting. It's the way they, the way they described it. And and then, like, I started to realize, like, when, when it's a four year old man and like a 10 year old kid, it's not a fight, it's called abuse. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was like, you know, if, if, if my dad comes home, like, my dad had anger issues, if he came home and, you know, you know decided that he's gonna make fun of me because i'm fat and you know which which was stuff that happened like and and i get mad and then all of a sudden he takes the belt off and starts hitting me and like punching me in the face and i throw a punch back it's still not a fight that's that's a desperate attempt to defend myself and yeah, stop yeah. what's happening <laughs> and and you know my dad was going through some dark times and it didn't like it took me a long time to realize that my dad was hurting too and um you know, and and I took that anger that was kind of pushed on to me, and I ended up pushing on to other people, man, like, I, you know, what my dad took out on me, I ended up taking out on my mom, you know, I took out on my friends, I was, you know, I would be happy one day, and then, like, as soon as somebody made me mad, like, I would go from zero to 100, like, super quick, man, and just, I mean, it's not how I wanted to live, and, like, (laughs) I just, got to the point where like where I realized I was getting so angry, like I hated I hated how mad I was all the time. It just kinda of put me in like this depressed state where I'm like, Man, if I'm not mad, I can't release it. I'm just keeping it all inside. I'm gonna take it out on myself so I don't take it out on somebody else because I don't want anybody to see that I'm mad. Like the punishment like in my eyes, like the punishment had to go somewhere. Yeah. if I wasn't gonna if I wasn't gonna give it to somebody else I'm gonna give it to myself and that just put me like in such a bad state for a lot of years man and, um it wasn't until probably like the last five years or maybe even less than that like three years I'm like man like I did deal with some stuff and I was really angry I was like, but that doesn't have to be the end of it um you know um I remember there was there was twice when I was a kid that I tried to kill myself um uh Like, to the point where I was like 13 years old and I just didn't want to live anymore, man, and uh, my mom found me in the middle of the night. It was snowing and I was like sitting in a park under a tree, just like pants and a shirt on, like no coat, just sitting there like, I'm done. And my mom came up and, like, basically begged me to get in the car. And I'm like, man. And I didn't even realize then. I was like, I was just mad. I wanted to die. Like, I didn't realize what depression was. I didn't know that it was a thing. Like, they didn't talk about it back then like they do now. And then it took me a lot of years. It took one of my teachers in high school. like, man, you, you need to talk to somebody. You need to open up. And even then I'm like, okay, maybe I'm depressed. But I didn't really realize it until a few years ago. And once I finally opened up about it started talking to somebody, like, man yeah I, I was messed up uh, I still am a little messed up but you know that doesn't have to define who I am and you exactly. know I can I can't get on the road to recovery and you know I can't do something to change that and in that you know just one thing that I wanted to do more than anything I was like you know as much as I want to help myself like there are so many people that do want the same thing and I
0: just I would you know I don't want anybody to feel the way that I felt exactly man you know it's like uh I, I think we're all like you know day-to-day messes sometimes you know and like we, we've talked about that before and it's like uh depression sneaks up on you it's like i, I was telling you before we came on here you know you're asking how i was and uh you know i got here like i said uh, in july of last year and i was ready to kick ass and take names and then i realized i hadn't really like you know grieved my father passing away and so i sat here for months you know just uh you know drinking and and smoking and watching tv and you know time slipped away quickly and then i realized like dude what are you doing you need to like you do all these projects and you've got this book that just came out and you're not out promoting it you're just sitting at home and it just sneaks up on you sometimes you know (laughs) you really have no control and yeah it kind of yeah dude it really sucks like in
4: like it hides like depression hides in you know this you know this the things I struggle with you know um like back even when we got done with tour man I was in such a low place but I didn't want anybody to see it so you know I I ate you know like we all do sometimes like I ate my feelings you know I'd spend money on you know $50 dinners at nice places and want to go out and hang out with people but then what ended up happening was I didn't have any money for rent and i was living with john at the time and uh ended up having to move out and move back home my mom because like, i couldn't pay rent and like i couldn't even realize that like i, I didn't even take the, like, take the time to realize that, like what i was doing was hurting other people because then john and our other roommate had to like make up the rent for me i'm like dude you guys suck you guys are assholes you guys don't want me living here anymore like i ruined a friendship because i put it all on them and like didn't even realize like oh i put them in this situation like they they tried to help me as much as they could, but they got to a point where I'm like we can't do
0: this anymore. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in right here too. And uh, John, man, if you're listening, and and you know anyone involved is listening, I want you to hear me out right now too. Addison and I are hosting this show together, and and I would say the 15 to 20 years we've been friends, I have screwed Addison over, at least twice, majorly with money. I bought a car from Addison I didn't pay for one time and then one of my parents wrecked it before I paid for it and then we've had issues we had an issue where uh, we ran a production company together that Addison invested some money in and you know I was the one in charge of it I went out and you know I'm the one who screwed up and tanked the business and we're still friends you know money is just money life is too short in the last three years I've lost my father I've lost my former roommate and really good friend Ulysses in just a tragic accident. And I've lost my friend Kayla, who was someone I really relied on after my dad passed away. And I'm just saying right now, life is too short, guys. You guys need to make up and just call it cool, man. It's just money. In the grand scheme of things, what you're losing is worth way more than that. And uh, I hope you guys are able to patch this up
4: yeah man um and i got and, you know we went through a rough patch there which you know we you know john and i were texting back and forth just laying into each other and you know i said a lot of things that i didn't mean but i was so mad man i just i wanted i wanted somebody to hurt as much as i was hurting so i just I made up some bullcrap man I, I started stuff with him and you know i just i was like i said i was young and dumb and I, and, and now today, like, I got nothing but love for the kid. I, I actually haven't talked to him since then. Um, so it's been about four years since I've talked to the guy, but I mean, I'm, I wish him nothing but love. And, you know, it's. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking, like, you know, we had, we had a lot of good times together. So I'm like, man, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, four years later, I'm not going to stress about, like, the the one like you know week span where we just spent like just drilling into each other and telling each other how much we hated each other and uh posts on facebook about how much the other person sucked i'm like man like it's at this point like yeah i got nothing but love for john and you know I'll forget about all that stuff.
0: And, like, man, I just remember the good times that we had. Like, Dude, I, I'm going to I'm gonna say, like, I, I've done a lot of tours uh, over the years. And uh, the one we went on all together, me, you, and John, man, that was still up there in my top three favorite of all time. Like, Dude, I had such was. a blast with you guys. You guys were, like, it, it was fun to, like, not be the, you know, I'm always, like, I always feel like I'm the guy doing new stuff on tour with these guys who have, like, really paved the way for me and then it was like an opportunity for me to go out and like take some new guys out and like show them the way and like teach you guys what touring was about and we had such a blast every single day you know it was it was was a great time man like
4: i I didn't realize like how great of a time it was until like later i'm like man like i would do anything to get together with like those guys again and 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 when you get down to brass taxi, John is one of the nicest dudes you'll ever meet in your life. Um, dude would give you the shirt off his back if you asked for it and then ask if he needs anything else. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, dude, yeah, dude, we had such a good time just driving that car. John's tall ass sitting in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> seven, seven
2: foot tall. I was like, anybody want to tell me why I'm in the back seat? Right yeah. <laughs>
3: Hell oh, yeah, dude. such such a good time
4: and, and dude, me and John used to spend a lot of time. We drive around like Lake Springfield and just listening to beats and like just freestyling and uh that he actually helped me craft like like my flow and like how to do stuff because before then like every song, even though I talk about different stuff, it sounded the same because I had one flow. And and John dude was so knowledgeable just just like, all right, here's where you can change it up here and like in this line, or here's how you can say these words and just really help me like, you know, I don't think he knew like how much like he actually played into how I do music now is like every, every time. I'm like, oh, man, I've never done that before in a song, or I've never said a line that way before. It's like, oh, man, I remember when John taught me that, like, yeah, that everything was the same. And John, dude, he's so smooth, like, with, with his verses. And I actually, I, you know, I haven't heard, you know, I don't know if he's still doing music or not. Like I said, I haven't talked to him in, like, four years, but I hope he's still doing hip-hop music, man, because stuff was just so, like, it was so catchy. It was so, like, smooth, and, man, it was just good. And, like, I mean, he taught me a lot.
0: Of everyone I've ever been on tour with and played with, I would say uh, Van Ghost... Uh, Van Buren, oddly enough, <laughs> two vans in a row, and John are the most talented human beings I've ever played anything with. And, and yeah, like, if John will be famous as either you know, being in a band or rapping or producing, and uh, dude, you guys should call each other. That's all I'm saying. You know, <laughs> if, in, in, if, in if I, way, I am making it my goal, it? I am making it my goal to uh, get you guys reunited so we can do a pod all together.
4: Hey. You know that's that sounds good. And it, and if you end up and if you end up coming able to being able to come to my wedding, uh, I'll save a seat for him.
3: <laughs> man,
4: dude, dude is always welcome. I got nothing but love for him, man. Like I would give nothing to have a phone conversation with Johnny Rose right now. Like, <laughs> I mean, not not nothing. Like, there's nothing I wouldn't give to have a phone conversation with Johnny Rose right now. I mean like I miss that guy i do um, too.
0: I got, yeah, I got nothing but love for him so hey man i'm open to that podcast whenever you are <laughs> I, yeah right now let's do it <laughs> well anyway uh you got a haircut coming up so i should probably let you go here pretty shortly so uh, why don't you let everyone know where we can find you
4: yeah man um so i'm i'm, a, I'm everywhere um you can find me iTunes, Google Play. Uh, my newest couple songs are only on Bandcamp, just because I don't want people to have to pay for them right now. Just until I put out another project and put stuff out for free. So if you just uh, type in Brandon Austin on Bandcamp, you can find me on there. The newest uh, couple song that I put out are free for download. Uh, my music videos are available uh, on YouTube as well as Facebook at uh, Brandon Austin Official. Uh,
0: which is the lamest name ever? But I was like, I gotta come up with something. But like, whatever, man, you know, that's I, my that's my Instagram too. So. <laughs> is,
4: oh yes, right. Well, you know, I see all these like famous rappers like something, something official. But you know, hey, this is actually me, not you know somebody uh, claiming to be me. And like, you know, me being twenty five. Like, you know what? I gotta make sure people know that this is actually me. You know Brandon Austin, you know from Springfield, Illinois, talking to him, and not some fan that decides to make that page, which is never going to happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Here, what, we'll, what, we'll, we'll do this for you too. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to link the Good Morning video at the bottom of the description in this podcast, so you guys can click right from the podcast and go watch oh. this video because dude this video it's extremely good and i'm extremely impressed with it and man thank you so much for being such an open book here man like uh yeah man for
4: yeah. sure dude oh, It's always it's so good to talk to you man
0: heck yeah we're gonna do it again soon man we'll have you uh back on the podcast because i really enjoyed this and i think we could i think we do a little more so
4: <laughs> dude, I, I think so too man if we weren't on a time crunch let's keep going but yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to the next one man for sure All
0: right Thanks for coming by, Brandon. Uh, We'll be right back after this message. We'll have Addison Morgan on the program. We're going to be talking about good neighbors and bad neighbors when we come back. Thank you guys for tuning in. Brandon, thanks for being here. I do, for sure, man. I appreciate it. Welcome back to the program. I just want to thank Brandon Austin one last time for uh, opening up and being so honest on this show. And uh, we're joined now by uh, the man of the hour, the guy who last week told us he blew a candle out to get out of going to school and elicited more comments from uh, our listeners than anyone so far on the show, from the Springs of Colorado, Addison Morgan.
5: You know, I actually got a sponsorship from Bath and Body Works after that last (laughs) episode. (laughs) want me to release my own fall collection.
0: Well, uh, I am getting... I'm getting my own Lisa Frank coloring book after last week, thanks to you. You're gonna be the trendsetter that brings it back, (laughs) and everyone's gonna start wearing the or using the trapper keepers again. I'm gonna be the most glittery, bedazzled uh, radio host in the history of the planet. (laughs) Everybody seems to be digging that episode, though, and I'm so glad because I had so much fun making that episode. And uh, just talking about the old days and, and going to school and wearing jinkos and just all of that good crap. It was so much fun. And uh, I think everyone else uh, really, really thought it was fun, too. Especially your uh, many ploys to get out of going to school. I don't think I've ever seen or ever heard stories from someone <laughs> that in that in-depth <laughs> about uh, trying to get out of going to school. And I thought we would uh, keep the fun going next week. Because Addison was telling me some fun stories about uh, some battles he had with his mom. And uh, I think next week we're going to talk about moms because of that. What do you think of that? Yeah, that would
5: be a good idea. i got plenty of stories of the times that my mom outsmarted me,
0: which was every time. (laughs) And I was around for some of those. (laughs) Jennifer got to have parties in the basement. (laughs) I don't even want to bring that up
5: right now. I'm trying to have a positive
0: experience. (laughs) Uh, Well, you haven't heard the interview from a little bit earlier, but uh, I can't wait for you to hear it. Uh, You know, we got Brandon Austin on the show, and he kind of was going through, like, a lot of his emotions and, uh, you know, kind of telling me where he went wrong in life. And it it reminded me of some bad times you and I had. And, uh, you know, we'd already come on this show and told people, you know, it's not worth little things losing friendships. You know, it's not worth those, you know, losing friendships over little tiny things like money or you know, bullshit, little arguments and disagreements. And uh, I can't wait for you to hear that interview, man. Like, he did such a such a good job. I was really, really surprised with, like, how good that interview was. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited to
5: to hear it. And, you know, you're right, man. Like, I'm, I'm starting to see a lot of things as far as, like, a lot of negativity with people that are, I guess, you know, you have friends and family that are sick that had cancer or just unexpectedly passed. And like, you really look back and kind of reflect on how, uh, how those relationships may have faltered and how, how just minute things are and how it's not worth to be mad at somebody for something so little. Like, honestly, we have that issue between you and I, and it gets to a point where it's like, whoa. What are we really trying to prove by not talking or not trying to resolve that difference? And it just—it doesn't make sense because you. Uh, I think we should spend more time trying to cherish our friendships and the time that we have, because we definitely don't have uh,
0: have that much time. Exactly, and that's what I was saying to him. You know, it's like in the last three years, like I've lost uh, my friend Ulysses. Uh, we lost Kayla Holmes this year, and I lost my dad last year, and it's just like. All I can think during all that time is like, man, I should have called one more time or I should have, you know, made an effort to hang out. And, you know, it's just really, really sad to me that the last two times, the last time I talked to Ulysses and the last time I talked to Kayla were both like invites to go do something. And, you know, I was really letting anxiety just kind of get the best of me. So I didn't go to either thing. I didn't want to go to a show. Uh, Ulysses was playing in a band and uh, I just didn't want to be around a lot of people that night. So I didn't go. And then uh Kayla wanted to hang out when I was in Lawrence and I was already I think I had like a prior engagement and I you know, would give anything to just break that engagement and go spend, you know, twenty minutes having coffee with a friend. So life is too short, guys. You know, John, if you're listening to the show and you heard that interview, I'm just gonna say it one more time. Like just mend fences, even you don't have to be the best of friends, but at least build back to something. And would you agree with that? Absolutely. Like Yeah, absolutely, man. It's
5: just and and it's hard to you can't obviously look at the future and see what's what's gonna happen and what how much time you actually have with people but dude it's so important to to just like get over your little tips and your differences and just move on and you know it feels you feel like crap because you always have that oh I should have you know called them one more time, I should have spent twenty minutes to to go out and have coffee, but I let my own personal feelings and anxiety and whatever the case may be to prevent me from doing that and it's like man that that's a really crappy feeling whenever you hear that news the next day and realize that you missed out on that last
0: opportunity that you had exactly and you know i think because of that and because of this show like i'm trying to be a much better human being and interact a little bit more and fortunately for all you guys listening Two friends have mended fences in the past, and we'll be here every single week on this show. And today, we're going to be talking about good and bad neighbors that we've had, uh, people in our neighborhoods that have driven us crazy, and uh, sharing our stories. And uh, what, what do you think of that? Like, have you ever had just, an a, like, a really good or a really bad neighbor? Yeah, I've had a, a mix of both. Um,
5: so, I mean, obviously I lived at home for quite a while, so I had a slew of neighbors in that hood, Um, but, you know, I had some neighbors when I actually moved out and lived in my own apartment that um, were definitely not the best, definitely were not the quietest, definitely (laughs) had um, some differences that criminally they shouldn't have,
3: Um, but I
5: don't know, man, I'll let you, uh, I'll kind of let you start out on
0: Well, I I think we got to start with the obvious one. And, I mean, this one wasn't male-female, but it was feline. And uh, we had a visitor at our apartment. Addison and I actually lived together. And we were sitting there one day just watching TV. And I think we were getting ready to watch a UFC pay-per-view. And in the screen, there was probably a hole the size of a nickel. And I just see this cat hop up in the window. And he's looking in at us. And I'm just like, hey, there's a cat outside. And as I'm saying, there's a cat inside. He puts his head against the hole. And forces his way through, and that's how we met our neighbor, Cracker. And that was, really, <laughs> that was really his name. But Cracker would just hop through the hole in the window and come and visit us.
5: Yeah, Cracker, he apparently didn't know where his own house was because he kept going over to ours. Uh, maybe there was just such a hostile environment over there, he didn't want to deal with it, so he came,
3: came over to our house. But... Yeah, Cracker made several appearances anytime we had the window open,
5: <laughs> and uh, it was always really awkward because you didn't know if he was like, you know, if he had rabies or if he was friendly or what the issue was. So um, he he made a lot of drop-ins that we really didn't want to hang out with him or anything. But yeah, he was kind of kind of rude. Never knocked. <laughs> um, always left on his own. It was just kind of just kind of a bad experience with Cracker. We had but the we didn't actually. <laughs> um, I don't think we actually knew where he lived until we did some like Facebook or MySpace stalking and uh, lined up the pictures with with one of our neighbors and realized that that was
0: where he belonged. I remember that's how we found out his name was Cracker because you were like, dude, 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 and you were like bring your laptop over and put it down. I'm like, what? And you're like, I found who owns him. Is it like, it's the people right next door. And then you click on this picture, and the literal description just said cracker <laughs> uh, I don't think I've ever laughed so hard in my life But I remember one night I came out of my room and we had the window open because it was cool out and we just wanted to you know, save some money on the AC so it's open and I just go in the kitchen and then I just see something like in the corner like little eyes and I'm like oh damn it cracker like he just came in <laughs> who knows how long he'd been in there but he was just chilling in the corner of the kitchen I don't know how many, I think at least three or four times I had to chase Cracker out of the house. Yeah, he
5: was the worst. He was just the most uninvited guest we've ever
0: had. I think, you know, he, he was a much better neighbor than some of the neighbors that I've had in the past. And every time I think of bad neighbors, I just think of uh, being a kid and we moved to Casey, Illinois. And I, we lived in a pretty nice house, but for some reason next door to us was just this, like, little squad of a house. And there was this, like, dirty family who had, like, six kids who were always outside with no shoes on and Kool-Aid mustaches. And they were wandering around. And the only person in the family that any of us can remotely tolerate was the grandpa, who spent most of his afternoons screaming at the kids to, Get out of that goddamn tree! Because (laughs) these kids would just climb up in this tree and, like, hang out up there and watch what we were doing. Like, we had a privacy fence. And they would just, like, sit up in the tree and watch us from the privacy fence. But I have so many, I think, so many stories, and I'll tell a couple of them here. But one of the kids, like, the middle brother and I were arguing one day. And I don't remember what happened. We were having, like, a pushing match. And this was actually before my dad put up the privacy fence. And I remember we were just shoving each other, shoving each other, and going back and forth. And all of a sudden, here comes my brother Tyler <laughs> from the tool shed. And he has a garden hoe in his hand, and just thwack, just puts this garden hoe into this kid's head, and the kid like had this like big giant like hairless welt <laughs> down in <laughs> the middle of his head, and just takes off running. But I remember every time this kid would get hurt, he would yell owie, and he would just run back to their house like almost like a like a cartoon. It was super weird, but. Every time we had an incident with those kids, it ended that way. You know, I'm not
5: surprised. Uh, you, know, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not surprised that Ty that emerged from the shed with a, a weapon and uh, <laughs> proceeded to
0: hit somebody with it. He, he put an end to that real quick. He was just like, you know what, screw this kid, we're done. You know, get yeah, out of here. Right. <laughs> there was another time, I was talking about how they were always getting up in the trees, but we went to a, I remember I was really excited because uh, I like was super into basketball cards at the time and I remember I'd pulled like this autographed Alonzo morning card out and it was like in the Beckett set it was worth a hundred dollars. So my dad was gonna take me to this this ball card show up in like Indiana. So we had to travel out of state to go to this. It was like two hours away and we drive over to this show at probably 730 8.30 in the morning and those kids are up in the tree as we're leaving. And we get home, like, in the evening, around probably 6 or 7 o'clock, and we pull in, and we can just hear screaming. And you look up in the tree, and there's this sunburned child in the tree who has been stuck in the tree the entire day. And, like, his brothers and sisters all got out of the tree and just left him up there. But Doug had to get up in the tree and get this kid down. (laughs) Because when he went and knocked on the door, just the mom was there and was like, oh, I wondered where he went. And wow. then she was, like, pregnant, so she couldn't get up in the tree. And my dad had to get up in the tree and get this kid down. This kid looked like, looked like a hot dog when they pulled him down. <laughs> ridiculous, man. Like, how, like, those kids were never taken away is beyond me. Right. And then she just continued to make more. Yes. They, uh, they had two more kids in the time that we lived there. And keep in mind, we oh lived gosh. there for three years, and that was all.
5: Yeah, that's uh it's usually called a sign when you bring down your hot dog kid that's been stuck in the tree for hours and you had no idea where he
0: was. Like <laughs> stop reproducing, please. <laughs> Those kids were so dirty that my mom refused to take us to the same place that they cut their hair because the girl there told her how dirty those kids were. That uh, she was always that she always had to like wash their hair and comb things out of their hair before she cut it. So my mom refused to take us there to get our hair cut. She was cutting it at home. <laughs> Alright <laughs> your, your hair could probably cost like twenty five dollars to get all that hair off your Big <laughs> <laughs> That's why we just did it at home. You know, my parents had like two haircuts for me: let it get long or shave it all off, and that was absolutely you know. all.
3: What size bowl did you use when you put that over your head when you got your bowl
0: cut? <laughs> I don't know. We'd have to ask Caleb. He was more of the uh, the bowl cut, uh, <clears throat> the bowl cut specialist there for a while. Me, I I was just like, just shave it bald, it's summer, you know, just let it grow, it's winter. (laughs) That was all I had. And then you know me, I wear a hat all the time anyway. Yep. It's $25 for the hat that fits on my big head. (laughs) Summer cut, winter cut, that's it. Um, So I had a
5: neighbor, um, and uh, he was was much younger, so I was probably like, I think... uh, maybe middle school or something and he probably was like
3: i don't know eight nine ten range so every morning during the summer i'd
5: like to sleep in until 11 or 12 like every preteen kid does (laughs) and so every morning about nine o'clock i would hear there's a the sound of a train um like the whistle of a train and it was being made by a person and so I'd look out my window and this little 8, 9 year old whatever would have a toy train and would just be meandering around his backyard making train noises for like 4 <laughs> hours at a time and I'm like dude I need you to just crash that train and go inside and just move on with your day because I'm trying to get my like 17 hours of sleep
3: that I require <laughs>
0: a neighbor like that too, like, I think we were much younger though, he was like, a little older, he was probably 4th or 5th grade, but like, we'd go out and play in the backyard and we were like, you know, elementary school kids still, but this guy would like, this kid would like, mess with us through the fence and try to spray us with a squirt gun, or you know, just yell at us, or make whooping noises at us, like you the train whistle kind of thing, you know, just stuff like that, and I remember one day I was like in my, I had like a little sandbox, you know, those like ones that are shaped like a turtle, And we're like, it was back in the corner of the house, of the fence. And so this kid's like looking, I could see his eye through the knot hole of the fence. And he's like putting his hand through there. And then he's eating this carrot, like a full size, like carrot. You would just buy, you know, the cheap ass carrot you buy at the store for 88 cents. He's shoving this whole carrot through. And I remember my dad just creeps up and sees this carrot coming through the fence. And it's just listening to this kid, like say horrible things to me and tell me he's going to beat me up. And then this carrot pops through the fence, and my dad grabs a hold of it, pulls this kid's entire arm up to, like, his elbow (laughs) through this knot hole, and that kid just, he freaked out, pulled it back through the fence, and my dad just, like, starts cussing at him, and the kid runs in the house, and my dad looks at me, and he just goes, if his parents come out, you pulled it through, and he (laughs) runs. <laughs> Runs back into the house. And of course that kid didn't tattle, you know, he didn't want to come out and be right. like, Oh, you know that Yeah, he ain't no narc, uh, yeah you know. the second grade kid pulled my hand through the fence. But like never again did that kid do that after that. But oh man, he like pulled that kid's hand, arm all the way like through the fence. Like screwed up the fence a little bit, but it was totally like one of the greatest things I ever saw my dad do to like a crappy neighbor kid. That's some swift justice right there. There was also, I don't know, we always just had weird neighbor kids, too. And when we moved to Illinois, there was these, like, two brothers, and they were, like, really big. Like, really big for kids, you know? One was probably, like, second grade, and one was fourth grade. But everybody just called them the Sumos. And they would drive around the neighborhood on their dad's riding mowers. And, like, for some reason, they would come to our house every week and try to sell my dad things. And it was always like, crap, my dad didn't need, like, those little, like, beard, or little, uh, bead lizard keychains, yeah, and, like, dragon stickers. <laughs> <laughs> my dad would always, like, buy things from them just to, like, get them to go away, and, but then they would just keep knocking, but I don't know, like, they were super weird and just overly happy, and for some reason they just popped into my brain right now and made me very happy, so... <laughs> But I always felt bad, man. Everybody just called them like, oh sumo, sumo's cool. And then they would call his brother Sumo too. So it was like what sumo are we talking about here? I bet those guys are like very strong entrepreneurs now. <laughs> probably probably making, Like six <laughs> figures. You probably saw them on Shark Tank and you wouldn't even notice. Like for real, we just turn on Shark Tank one day. It's like, yeah, we have a lawn service that also customizes <laughs> bead lizard keychains. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna just how just much are you needing bead lizards. for lizards? <laughs> we need seventy-five thousand to start.
5: Man, that show like stresses me out, dude. Like, you know, like people will ask for a lot of money and for like
3: a super, super small chunk of the business, and those guys just tear them apart. Like they're the <laughs>
5: worst people in the world. And it's just, man. I I think about that. Like if I was an entrepreneur and I went to that stage, I'd be terrified. I would I would make the worst. Deal ever? They'd be like, "Okay, I want seventy-five uh, percent of the business and and
0: uh, royalties for the rest of my life." I'm <laughs> like, yeah, sure, deal. All right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, the lesson here is never try. I think that's what uh, <laughs> I'm taking away from that. I'm not like an entrepreneur by any stretch of the imagination. Like. Part of my living is just earned on selling things I know about, and that's about it. You know, I I can't even begin to like. Oh, I laid out a business plan. No, here's my business plan. I went to a flea market and I bought something that I for ten dollars that I knew was worth two hundred, and I sold it for one fifty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's about yeah. as in depth as I get. I'm not getting uh, any Shark Tank money anytime soon. No, uh, Mr. Wonderful or whatever his name is,
5: is not going to be <laughs> investing in your. Uh products or, uh, your Virgil toy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? I have to say about Shark Tank. I think if I went on Shark Tank, the only person I would ever accept anything from on there is Mark Cuban. because Mark, Mark Cuban. Cuban. He's the only one on there who's, like, remotely, like, cool to everyone and doesn't seem like he's got an ego about it, you know? Yeah, and he, he definitely knows
5: when something's good and when something's garbage. Cause you see him go out like super quick if it's something that he's just like yeah I don't want any part of that <laughs>
3: um,
5: but you think about it man like even if the deal isn't that sweet the marketing uh, that those guys can give you and the ability to do like everything for your business you'd be foolish to walk away uh, with without you know getting at least one person on board
0: <laughs> exactly I know that Mark Mark Cuban would know. It's like he took the team that was probably the worst team in NBA history and made them a champion. And like I remember, like being a kid and watching the Mavericks. They were like four and nine hundred and seven. You know, it was always like the league worst, bottom of the barrel. And now they're like, you know, they're always like ranked like at least in the middle now, even when they're having rough seasons. Right. Yeah, I, I'll take your word for it because I haven't watched the NBA since like 1992. So. All I'm saying um, here is he could make Sumo a million dollars easily. You yeah, know? Sumo, if you're out there, please reach out to Mark Cuban. Uh, he will make your dreams come true. You'll and be able sumo to too, also. <laughs> You'll be able to get some rims for your dad's mower. <laughs> yeah, because you're probably <laughs> still riding it. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. okay. We back on topic. yeah we back back on topic here. Sumo kind of got us off track, but uh, n- you know now when I get off here, I'm gonna try to figure out what happened to that guy, and maybe we'll have an update next week. But uh, I-, I think there's one neighbor story that we both experienced that I, I want to hear, <laughs> and you know what it is. I think you do. I think I do too. I think it has to do with um a certain dirt bike. Uh, <laughs> Now, okay, we, we can kind of tell this together here, but the situation, I don't really remember it completely. I remember we were in your house, and we had ordered pizza, and we had come upstairs, and we're waiting for the pizza. But I don't remember how we heard the mini bike or what. I just remember your mom being at the window and saying, he's going way too fast and running to the door. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so one of the neighbors got this, like, little... Dirt bike type thing, Um, maybe like a 50cc um, or something. I mean, nothing, nothing too extravagant. So we're listening to him kind of ride up and down the street a little bit. He's kind of, he's kind of giving it a little gas here and there, but he's, he's being pretty low key about it. So as we're standing waiting for the pizza, he comes from down the street. And so, if you want to look at proximity from. From the house, I'd say he's probably—I would say—give it a block. He's probably at the end of the block, and so uh, my mom's kind of watching him and sees him come down the street. And he's really going for it this time, uh, so he's very confident in his in his skills in the ten minutes he's been riding. <laughs> and so um, he comes through. And so the way the way my house was set up and the way the street was set up, it was like a T intersection so you had to go. Once you got to the end of the block, you had to go left or right. You couldn't go straight through, unless you were this dude on his bike, because he definitely did that. Uh, so he went, he went down the block, and he was not, he was not negotiating the turn well at all. And so my mom, with literally no, I mean, she literally had no emotion when she said this, but she's just like, yeah, he's not gonna make that turn seconds later you just hear a huge crash
0: it was th- like it was thunderous though i have to throw that in there it was like sh- your mom got to the door she was like he's not going to be able to make that and you're right she was really kind of blank but she headed for the door and opened the door as we heard the crash and i just remember that it's just, bah, i thought the i thought the mini bike fucking exploded <laughs> like, yeah.
5: get out he we kind of look survey so he's crashed into the house into the side of one of the houses and so as we get out he kind of is like walking away but he's doing this like teetering and holding his head and um then he
3: just collapses in the
0: yard he looked he, he, he when he when he walked away from that, like the crash, like I'll never forget that because that's the first thing that I was like, oh, shit, you know, I focused on that a lot. But he walked like, you know, when you see like someone on TV that has to use the bathroom and they're kind of walking funny and he was walking away from it like that. And he takes about five steps, holding his head, moving back and forth, like Addison said, and then he just falls face first on the ground and then it like hits him. And he just starts screaming and, like, yeah. yelling. And oh, you remember he was like, uh, what did he say? He was saying, like, just, I just want to die. I just want to die is what he kept saying. And I was like, oh, my God. And yeah. your, your mom's like, uh, you were already calling an ambulance. Like, you were, you know, you had <laughs> enough, like, where was oh, the- so much. Dude, I watched so much Rescue
5: 911 in my youth. <laughs> I knew exactly what to do. Thank you, William Shatner.
3: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyways, um, so yeah, so it went from
5: you know huge catastrophic crash and fall to the ground to very high drama really quick. Like this was straight up like um, soap opera style. So, uh, so we're we're. We get to him first, and
0: I, I don't remember, like, how bad he was actually injured. I mean, was he pretty tore up? Or? His arm was I broken. His his arm was totally broken. I remember that. Uh, or it was like, yeah. at least he, his shoulder may have at least been dislocated, because I remember his arm being really wonky, and he couldn't move his arm, and he just kept screaming that he wanted to die. And, uh, like, your mom was talking to him, and whoever's house uh, he hit was out by yeah. that point. And was down there with him. And then the his idiot stepdad or whoever it was that was letting him ride the motorcycle was over there. And then we saw who? Oh, man. <laughs> okay, so,
5: um, so after the crash happened, um, his mom had seen the whole thing. And so she starts running down the street screaming, like literally screaming at the top of her lungs,
3: Oh, my God!
5: Oh my god! And then all of a sudden she's like, alright call the 911! <laughs> so we're, and we're all kind of looking at her like, call the 911? Like, you don't want
0: to call 911, you want to call the 911. Like, we need the 911 there. The, because the, if not, this the, kid's going to die. The thing about the 911 was this: like, you had already called them. And they were already there. They were, like, pulling up on the scene as this lady was oh, yeah. running down the street. And I'll never forget that because she's all, Call the 911! And the way she said it, like, she just kept saying it like she was, like, Paul Bearer. Just over and over, just, Oh, yeah, 911! And she's, like, trying to get down the street, but she's kind of hefty, so she's, like, doing these big, long, like, strides. Kind of like me, you know? It's like uh, when when I'm trying to, like, run and I'm I'm getting in that mode where I think I I look like Rocky running faster than all the kids when really like (laughs) the the fastest I'll ever get and closest I'll ever having that moment will be like me lightly jogging away from the chihuahuas that chase me around so (laughs) but she's just like kind of sauntering down the street yelling call the 911 it was super dramatic
5: like it was a big deal for the neighborhood I'm sure we talked about it for like weeks after that on, uh, on the uh, the big incident,
2: it, it was... but <laughs>
3: the
5: important thing is that the pizza did come during this um, tragedy, and uh, Nick had to break off because we sent one of our other friends to go pay for the pizza and
0: um, actually get it into the house, but we couldn't really trust him with a whole lot of anything, so <laughs> Nick had to break away and go assist him. Oh, the, the thing—the thing was this. I remember, like, we see, like, the, there's an ambulance in the street and a fire truck or something. Like, you're one of those little trucks that they send when they just make sure, you know, uh, everything's cool. Yeah. Like, I—I uh, I don't know. What? Why do they do that? By the way. Um, you know what? I don't know. I think I think you have uh, certain people that,
5: like, if they if they make it there before, um. If they make it there before the ambulance, they have people that have the ability to render the aid and at least get like vitals and okay, that uh, makes that makes sense. The normal stuff going before the ambulance actually gets there. So, um,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing there, there, there was already that there was like a little truck, a little fire truck, and the ambulance there, and they're working on the kid and getting all ready, and then we just see this little red pickup with a the little, little white metal topper pull up. And it's got the Pizza Hut thing on it, and we're all like, and I just remember, <laughs> he runs off to it, and your mom is like, Nick, and I'm like, what? Here, here is the check. Don't let him screw this up. <laughs> and, uh, do you want to do you want to say the big line as he ran to the pizza? No, you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> What was it? We need 60 cc's a Citizen set. We need a pizza paramedic. <laughs> oh my god. I don't think you to be there, but... It was, it, was, it was just funny for the situation and I remember, like, we're waiting inside to eat the pizza. Like, Brett's like, can we eat the... Oh, I said his name. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. But uh, we're waiting inside. He's like, w- we're gonna eat the pizza? We're just gonna wait for my mom. And we're waiting and your mom comes in and I remember she looked really pissed that you know we'd all laughed at that <laughs> so she like walks through the door and then as soon as they meet eyes it's just, we all start cracking up <laughs> because how could you not or because he was like call the nine one one one
5: you know this is the same guy that uh one day we were okay so where my house was there was like this big there was like a cul de sac, and there was a huge open field that we always used to play football on. So one day, we're all playing football, and and we see um, this friend come to the house. He parks in the driveway. We see him get out. He can see us from the from the house, and he um, he runs into the house. He's there for like five minutes, and then he runs back out, gets in his car, and leaves. So there was pizza. <laughs> at the house that had been left that I had left for my mom because she hadn't been home yet and so I after we're done several hours later we go in and the pizza is gone um it's been eaten the box is just sitting out just completely open and just like look like it was ransacked <laughs> so we call up this friend and say hey man that was uh that pizza was from my mom why did you eat that piece? And we proceeded. We we ended up having like an hour argument that he did not eat that piece of pizza. (laughs) Even though we know, we watched him run in,
3: know that he was in there for like five minutes, and knew that the first thing he always did was like look in
5: the fridge and see what he could eat. (laughs) So he had that pizza, and then he just rolled out. But it took him an hour to finally just be like, yeah, I ate that pizza. That's my bad. (laughs) (laughs)
0: How your mother ever tolerated all of us being at your house like i will never understand yeah, <laughs> well we're gonna get more to that next week i think that's a, that's like the best story we have so we should probably cut it off while we're ahead but uh, next week on the show we're gonna be talking to some kick-ass women that are gonna be here telling us about uh things they've got going on kaylee newell is gonna be here telling us about her cystic fibrosis uh Uh, foundation thing that she's doing. And then uh, Hope Hernandez is going to be here. She's an entrepreneur, and she's very motivational. And uh, I can't wait to talk to her. I haven't talked to her in a long time, and uh, I can't wait for you guys to get some of her goodness. But Addison and I are going to be uh, talking about our mothers and uh, the crap that they had to put up with uh, raising us Hellions And uh, your mother especially, because not only did your mom have to put up with you, but she had to put up with me and the rest of uh, the little bunch of people who hung out at your house all the time. Yeah, I still don't know
5: how she did it. Um, I'm trying to repay her back now, because now she lives with us in in our home. So, but uh, (laughs) yeah, I have plenty of stories that you guys are going to really probably not like me or Nick for afterwards. and. And you'll probably want to send gifts to my mom as a, you know, just saying that you're she that you're sorry that she had to deal with us for <laughs> so long.
0: So what uh, all I heard in that is your mom lives with you, so would your mom be on the show? Uh, I don't know. Maybe she could do that. Oh, we should I mean, we should we... we should find out because my mom is just too shy to do to do any kind of uh, podcast, but. I, I don't know how your mom could be shy after <laughs> after some of the yep. horror stories like uh you know just just for reference before we get off here there has been times that I have chased people out of the basement through the entire house running out the door with her screaming don't run through the house <laughs> behind us you know I and I mean that's like the minor stuff that happened so <laughs> it, Yeah, let me uh let me lay some groundwork see if I can make that happen. That would be amazing. I I haven't talked to your mom in so long. It would be uh, so good to, you know, apologize on the air. but anyway guys we want to thank you guys for tuning in again uh this week um the show last week was a huge hit a lot of people uh were were listening to it and re-listening to it because it was so funny and i, I test that a lot to uh, addison's getting out of uh, going to school stories and then uh, misha at the end of the show was fantastic she got a lot of uh, love from people uh, on social media if you guys want to hit us up Mine, uh, my Twitter is at Nicholas Grooms, and you can catch me on Instagram at Official Nicholas Grooms. And, uh, Addison, what's yours once more?
5: Yep. Uh, Facebook, Addison Morgan, and the Instagram, Addison Away, A W E I G H.
0: All right, guys, we're going to see you guys next week, and uh, I'm going to do a little special song here at the end of the program.